Hi, Katie. Thanks for being a part of the podcast today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, so we were introduced uh, through some uh, some mutual friends, and um, where I started that that conversation was uh, my company has been looking for ways to do better with uh, uh, diversity and equity and inclusion, and and trying to put together ideas for it. And they said you have to talk to Katie. She's got some great ideas. And so I thought we'd have a conversation about what's working for you, what others might be able to learn from it. And um, maybe for, for level set, I just heard your, your background was a uh, sort of a tour through every imaginable business role. So I'd love to tell, tell people where you're coming from and then kind of what you're doing now and how it's been successful. Yeah. So I started my journey um, working for a fitness franchise. Uh, I did their people and operations for over 10 locations in Chicagoland. And then I moved on to uh, working in advertising, doing accounting and finance, because I found that really interesting. And then I did a little bit of project management and uh, business production management work. And then I moved into more of the operational side of uh, like managing on that side. And then I kind of found Grand Studio and we kind of explored what my role was going to be. And it's definitely landed more on this, uh, the, the people side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so we we were just briefly chatting about kind of where um, you, you created a committee internally to look at diversity and equity and inclusion. And it sounds like you've had some success there. We'd just love to hear what that's like and what you guys have been doing. Yeah. Um, so our diversity, equity, and inclusion started uh, now over two years ago. Um, the committee was just started last year, um, but we we took a few steps on our path to find more diverse designers. Um, The first was internally, I met with everyone and we talked about how they could best be supported and where we were lacking. Um, And we found really great ideas within that to kind of help make sure everyone we currently have feels supported to do their best work so that we keep our retention up so that we can start adding new people to the studio. Um, Once the committee was founded and created, we've been meeting to kind of discuss and solve for problems like our job postings, our career site, and our About Us pages. Um, So we looked at our website as it currently was, and it just was updated uh, before, right at the beginning of the year. And we looked for pain points. Um, Was it inclusive? Uh, You know, little things that you might not think about, like, are all of our photos tagged for screen readers? Is our language inclusive? Um, is our process transparent and is it creating a welcoming environment that kind of shows who we are at Grand Studio? Um, so we looked at that and we iterated and we did a lot of revisions to kind of sh- showcase our culture and our beliefs at Grand Studio. And then also be transparent about our process and what we offer to designers around um, growth and flexibility and interesting projects. We also looked at every single one of our job postings and feel free to interrupt me if no, it's anything good. Find, like, no, sounds it. interesting. Um, then we looked at all of our job postings and we realized that um, we had done this two years ago um, and we thought we had hit most of the pain points, but they were still really leaning towards a masculine voice, um, which isn't as inclusive. Um, so we looked at it from a language perspective, and also wanted to acknowledge that designers can come from different backgrounds. So we took out some things that were not qualifiers anymore for us, like number of years experience. We're more interested in the quality of work 
and then number of years or specific educational backgrounds. We find that um, a lot of our designers at Grand Studio have uh, different paths, whether that be from architecture or playwriting. Um, so we wanted to make sure that that wasn't excluding people or yeah. deterring you know, them from applying. I really think you're onto something. I think especially in our sort of collective fields of you know design and software, um, it really is about the work you can create. And I think we did this. We had a similar journey looking at our 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 job postings and kind of taking things into you know just like a new through a new lens and saying like, do we really need like what is five years experience? And if someone showed up and had work that demonstrated you know the competency we we're looking for, does that even really matter? And so I think for us, they became sort of like maybe indicators, but certainly not um, gates. And so taking them out, I think um, we did this very same thing, and especially around things like, um, I hate to say it, even like, you know, you're like, I think you mentioned education. Um, you know, is it a prerequisite? No. I mean, it, it sort of is, is telling and directionally interesting, but again, the work uh, can speak for itself. So I think that's, that's, um, a, you know, it can be really powerful. So we look for, that's what we're looking for. We're looking to see what, you know, where, how do you think, what have you done that, that kind of thing? I'm, I'm curious, you mentioned kind of going through the job postings, anything else besides those like qualifiers that you found kind of maybe in your first and second passes now that you might be able to, to share? Um, we looked at the language and how we approached it instead of making it very us centric, like we expect this. It's what they can expect from us because this really needs to be a mutual beneficial mm -hmm. relationship. Um, and also, instead of saying you must have these things, we looked at it as a, a designer that is really successful at Grand Studio right now might have these qualities or might have this type of experience. So that if you didn't meet every single bullet point or you didn't have the opportunities uh, that maybe we could afford you that you still would feel comfortable applying. Oh, that's great. I'm, I'm curious because it sounds like you've had a couple of iterations. Were you able to pinpoint any sort of, you know, once we made these kinds of changes, um, we got these different kinds of results later. Yeah. Um, our, once we took away from the first round and I also did, um, we're measuring our value, looking at our metrics and looking sure. at who's applying and when, um, and there's definitely been more spikes because of the impact of COVID. Um, but we're seeing a lot more female candidates apply now that we've taken out more of the masculine and it's a more gender neutral um, job posting and job description, because it's been found that women, if you don't meet all of the bullet points, you're less likely yeah. as a female to imply, apply. So we have seen a spike in that. Um, I also think that it's, one of the things that I really like and that I train everyone who comes on, uh, who comes onto the team, who's new to interviewing and reviewing portfolios is we operate with work first. Um, so unconscious bias is a real thing. We all have it. And um, in order to limit that, all we look at is a link to the portfolio. We don't look at their name, their resume, their cover letter. We open up case studies and look at the work. Once they pass through to an interview, then and we decide that that's when we'll start like digging into questions that we may have about the structure of their team or where they've been before. Oh, that's a great idea. I like that a lot. I'm going to steal that one right now, starting today. Um, how about, tell me about, yeah, what, it's really helped. Yeah. 
because um, really it, it strips away anything that might be other than, I mean, we, it's like everyone agrees at the beginning, all we want to do is look at the work, but then you bring in all these sort of biases based on little clues you get from other things. Um, how about, you know, what about the, uh, the inclusion side of things? I know you, you kind of said you did some work with the about page and some other things and any other sort of like tidbits that you picked up that were particularly successful. Yeah. Um, realizing one of the things that we did that made our process a little more inclusive is we took out a homework challenge. We had a design challenge um, that we took out a while ago. Um, We just realized it wasn't equitable. Not everybody has the same amount of time. Uh, You know, somebody who might be searching for a job could be employed. They could be a caretaker. Um, They just might not have the same amount of time to give. We say, okay, three to six hours, but somebody might in actuality only have an hour or another person might have 10 hours. So it really wasn't a fair comparison. And it just, we're finding that more people are interested in the process and are capable of doing the work that we do. And we can find that other ways. Um, We ended up shortening our interview for the first round, which I think really helped. It's only a half hour. Um, And this allowed us to find out really quickly if people could parse down a problem, a complex problem and walk us through how to solve it. Um, from their portfolio, any product project of their choosing. We also started getting really detailed with our process on our careers page. So it tells you exactly the transparency. This is the steps of our interview process. This is who you're going to be meeting with. And this is what we'll be talking about. And this is about how long we'll get, it will take for us to get back to you. Um, so being as open and honest about our process, uh, kind of assuring people that you know, they know what to expect. Even in our non-designer roles, I've been providing people with the types of questions we're going to ask them mm-hmm. um, because we want people to be able to perform at their best. It's an interview shouldn't be about trying to trick or catch people off guard. Um, people are already nervous. I think right. also acknowledging that we're in weird times. Your kid might run in the background, your child, there might be noise from a roommate. That's okay. Um, creating an environment where we're a little more human. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, you know, I'm curious. Um, so this is um, a lot about how a designer might find you and how they might interact with the process. I'm curious, have you had any luck on sort of the outbound outreach side of, you know, where, um, where, where can people meet new kinds of people? Yeah, I think there is a ton of outlets that are underutilized, whether that's queer design club or black suit design or Latinx designers, there are tons of non-traditional sourcing outside of LinkedIn where you can find great talent. Um, There's also the ladies that UX in Chicago and all over um, where I have had the wonderful opportunity to speak and talk to them about um, kind of uh, how to, uh, it's escaping me right now, how to really tailor their Mm -hmm. portfolios based on what they're looking for. Um, Also, one of the things that's really worked well for us is growing designers. So investing in junior, investing in junior talent um, and nurturing them and giving them opportunities to grow. I'm curious, tell me more about this idea of uh, kind of coaching people to tailor what they're, what they're giving over in the interview. Um, cause I'm trying to abstract it for like our, our developer side of things too, but I'm sure other jobs and other roles and other industries, what, 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 what kind of advice were you giving people that you thought was particularly successful? Yeah. Um, so talking about how to parse down the job postings so that they can curate 
you know, you don't have to redo your portfolio site, but you can always send, you know, a curated deck, or if you're going into an interview, having a deck or something prepared, that's a little bit more detailed. Cause I think sometimes when people work on a big project um, and there's lots of moving parts and other people involved, they focus on the big picture, but I really want to hear about someone's superpower. I want to know what exactly they did and how they contributed. So making sure that they can kind of talk about the problem or whatever they were trying to execute, but then dig into their process. Cause that's a little more interesting to me. Yeah, I agree. Cause I think one of the things for us uh, similarly is, um, you know, it's rare that anyone does anything on a, a solo mission and it's just them. So like figuring out like how they contributed, what they thought about, maybe what ideas they had that weren't uh, included in the final product that actually would have been pretty great. I think you might learn something kind of interesting there and digging in really kind of can reveal some of that. Um, you mentioned uh, the speaking side of things. Um, you know, what, what are you doing? Uh, it sounds like you're doing something to kind of get your message out. What are you, what are you looking for and what are the kinds of things that you like talking about out there in the world? I love talking about creating sustainable hiring practices. And um, I really love getting to get in touch with people who are maybe just getting into design or early in their career. And they want to understand what it's like to work at a consultancy to how to present their work and build a great portfolio. Um, I do a lot of I, I would call it like uh, the speed dating portfolios where you have 20 minutes and you can sit down with a student and kind of walk them through uh, they can walk you through a project and then you can give feedback. I love doing that. I love talking about um, how to design an HR and hiring practice. I think before working at Grand, uh, this idea of design was kind of, you know, big. And I don't think I really understood what it is. But using design thinking and designing every step so that you create this really impactful experience um, and even you know, if someone doesn't maybe get hired, they still are excited about your your studio and your brand. Um, and there's other opportunities that might arise where then, you know, your crops, your paths crop again, and they are ready to work with you. Yeah, that's great. Because I, I know that, uh, you know, for us, um, you know, we find that we and, you know, even clients we interact with, they, they pay so much attention to one part of the business process, but often the, the hiring process is just sort of left to, I guess we'll, you know, put up a job posting and it's, it's not, the, not that it's thoughtless, but it's not a designed experience. And I think there's a lot to be said for, for making that part of the journey for even, as you say, even people that don't, um, end up, you know, uh, working with the company. And you know, we found that, uh, kind of maintaining and nurturing, you know, relationships with people that let's say, you know, there's someone who we just wasn't a fit at the time because they're, you know, either the work or the situation just wasn't right. Um, you know, time passes and all of a sudden you, you go, you know, even like, you know, 2020 for a lot of people, it's like, oh my God, did that year just fly by us? And now the person who had no experience has, instead of six months, they've got two years and six months. It's like, oh, interesting. Now look at all the stuff they've done since then. Um, and so like keeping that as like a long-term uh, relationship uh, is probably pretty valuable too. Um, yeah, you know, I think I'm, we've been able to. Oh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I think we've been able to also keep in touch with people who might not be a great match for us because it's just their expertise is not the type of work that we do. But we've been able to introduce them to people who they do the type of work that they're great at. And that's been really wonderful for us, too, is not just being in the moment, but being able to share talent with other people in the industry that have different focus areas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, maybe as a, a final thought here, I, do you have any, um, 
ideas or strategies around what happens uh, with this idea as the world begins to open up again. We're starting to see, you know, there, there might be time we see actual people in person in the next, you know, three to six months. Um, does that change or does it give you any new ideas about what can be done um, to improve success here? Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, we actually, right before COVID hit, we executed our first one in Chicago. Um, we started having uh, breakfast. So where we invited just talented designers that we wanted to get to know and um, creating an open space to discuss topics. Um, uh, and it was really wonderful and introduced us to a ton of people that our paths might not have crossed with. And I'm excited for the world to reopen um, to kind of find new opportunities on where to meet new and interesting people in the design world and also new opportunities to mentor younger designers um, and hopefully create relationships in Chicago and also outside of Chicago now that it looks like remote work is going to be something that sticks around um, so that, you know, we can start to meet more talented and, you know, wonderful designers from all over. That's really great. Um, Hey, well, thanks for sharing a bunch of uh, awesome ideas, um, almost all of which I will immediately steal and borrow because they're uh, really helpful and great. I appreciate it. And I think that uh, the breakfast idea, um, I'm someone who loves to, uh, if I can meet you while we're having a coffee or lunch, I'm always in for that. Um, So great to uh, to chat with you today and uh, good luck with the work you're doing. Yeah, thanks. Great to chat with you. Thanks for having me. Hey there, thanks for watching. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe to your more content just like that.